Hello, welcome to the Tuesday, November 8th, 2016 edition of the Sands and its Storm Center's Stormcast. My name is Johannes Ulrich and today I'm recording from Jacksonville, Florida. Two big days, of course, today. First of all, Microsoft's Patch Tuesday. We hope to have our table with patch ratings up soon after Microsoft releases their bulletins for the day. And then, of course, it's also election day in the US. If you do see any kind of spam, malware, anything like this that tries to take advantage of the elections, let us know. It would be interesting to see if there is anything happening there. Tesco, a smaller UK bank, apparently experienced large levels of fraud over the weekend that caused it to suspend online transactions for its customers. Out of the 136,000 customers that have accounts with Tesco, apparently 40,000 experienced suspicious transactions and had money removed. It's not really clear what caused the fraud, but given that about 30% of Tesco customers were affected by it, this doesn't look like the usual sort of online banking malware or something that would have been caused by users giving up their passwords. So with Maybe something more systematic with Tesco's systems. Now, another problem, of course, that emerged then was that customers that try to call Tesco, and that's what the initial email advised customers to do, were not able to actually get through to any customer service representative, which sort of is logical given the large percentage of customers affected. Now, while online transactions were suspended, customers were still able to use debit and credit cards and use ATMs. In and of thing devices are certainly nothing new and nothing really all that exciting at this point anymore, but at Black Hat Europe, there was one talk with an interesting new twist that attacked Belkin's Wemo devices. These devices are typically controlled with a mobile phone. Now, the interesting twist here is that after exploiting the plug that is being controlled here, you can then go back to the mobile device and actually attack the mobile device using a vulnerability in the app that's being used to control these switches. But at least with Belkin, there's a little bit light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, Belkin has fixed these vulnerabilities and does have actually a regular program where they do release new firmware as new vulnerabilities are being discovered. Would have been nice for them to check for that before releasing it, but that's better than most of these Internet of Thing vendors do. And there's a new twist in exploiting Apple's App Store. Apple, of course, is famous for having a fairly strict uh, review process in order to add applications to the App Store and most malware and such gets filtered out and removed uh, before it is ever being published. But uh, this new kind of fraudulent apps essentially just impersonating famous brands and then claiming to be a shopping app for this particular store this way they're tricking users into entering their credit card details into the application and then they're stealing it not actually allowing the user to shop at that store for Apple, of course, it's very difficult to figure out if a particular app is actually associated with a specific brand. There is no easy proof of that in particular since legitimate brands usually use 
third-party developers in order to publish apps for them. So with that, it's pretty much up to the owner of the brand to come forward and ask Apple to remove specific applications from the store. And Netflix fixed an interesting vulnerability in its password recovery process. What they did is actually not that unusual, which I think is why it's worth mentioning. In the password recovery process, you have the option to have Netflix call you with a recovery code to a phone number that you have pre-established. So the way this would be exploited is that the attacker would call you on that phone number at the same time at which they're trying to reset your password. Now, what happens is that Netflix's call, which comes in second, will be redirected to your voicemail and then standard voicemail hacking techniques can be used to access that voicemail and recover the password. So the real trick here is that you do not leave password recovery information on voicemail. The way you usually avoid this is that you ask for some kind of interaction before the password recovery information is spoken. So you ask the user to hit a certain button on their phone, something that the voicemail system will not do for you. So the result is that the password or the recovery information is not left as a voicemail. Now, of course, this does depend on the ability of the attacker to actually get to the voicemail in the first place and do so before the victim does, but that's usually not really all that difficult. A lot of voicemail systems, as is pointed out in the report, aren't all that terribly secure and usually simple caller ID spoofing allows you to connect to voicemail without having to authenticate any further. Well, that's it for today. So thanks again for listening. And by the way, on Wednesday always, also, we do have a webcast coming up at 1 p.m. Eastern about how to analyze encrypted, in particular TLS encrypted traffic on your network. So thanks for listening and talk to you again tomorrow. Bye.